Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, March 16th. Live on the Podbean app. Live on the Podbean app. Sorry it took us a little extra longer there. Um, Gabby just decided to ask me a question as we were starting the show <laughs> about some email. Did you check that email out? I'm like, uh, no. What's it all about? And then we just realized, oh, shoot, we got to go live, Gab. <laughs> um, yes, we're broadcasting live on the Podbean app every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Yes, absolutely. And you can join in live. Um, the only way to join in live is to join in on the Podbean app. Um, that's our live platform. platform. <laughs> and you can interact with us. You can join in on the chat. You can also click the call-in button, just like your normal drive time radio in the morning. It's Wayne and Gabby in the morning. Yes. For real estate investors. Yeah. Um, call in, ask your questions for free. Super simple. Yeah. Um, beautiful morning out there. Zero degrees. It's going to be five. I almost gave you guys the St. Catharines weather this morning. Why? I forgot to change it back on my weather app. No, oh, cause we're going to St. Catharines. Yeah. We're going to St. Catharines next week. So yeah. Um, I was going to be like, you guys, it's going to be 10 degrees out, but it's not, it's going to be five. That's not bad. <laughs> I think it was like seven yesterday or something <clears throat> like that. Um, was it? yeah. It was, it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to be four and it got up to seven or eight, which is really awesome. Hmm. Beautiful day. You know what else is really awesome? Just, uh, me. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, just look at the chat and every morning, everybody's just so jolly. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Chit chatting. Happy Wednesday. Just seeing everybody's popping in here. Carlos uh, says he can feel the spring. It's yeah. coming. It is, it is, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, the messy, messy backyards, <laughs> if you have animals. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so one other thing you can, um, one of the great reasons about joining in live is you can get in on the top fan um, competition. <clears throat> so whenever you join in live, you can click the heart button. You can, uh, when you share the, the show to social media platforms, when you call in live, you get um, get these little hearts, and they accumulate every show. And whoever has the most hearts at the end of the show is the is the top fan of the the day. But it also accumulates for the month. And so at the end of the month, whoever has the most hearts becomes the top fan of the month. And so what we do is we have a little competition here where um, the top five fans get entered into um, a draw a draw for a prize at the end of the month. And, uh, and this month we're giving away one month of free mentorship yes. with Wayne. Yeah. So that's two video calls, every one, every two weeks. Strategies. Strategy, Strategy calls. calls yeah. yeah. And unlimited texts and emails. Yeah. So you get so, all access yeah. to me for a whole month. Yeah. So literally you got any questions, bam, hit me with a text. He refers to it as a good old fashioned ass kicking. Oh yeah. Well, it's not just you <laughs> texting me. It's, it's, it's me texting you as well. <laughs> You know, when you if you say you're going to do something and I don't see you doing it, um, yeah. it's the power of accountability. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's two strategy calls. So yeah, it's, it's depending on what you want to accomplish for that particular month or that year. I mean, normally when we're only doing one month of mentorship, I like to just keep it more of a short-term goal so, so that we're actually getting some results. But whatever it is you want to accomplish that month, you know, we set it out, we set a goal, and then you've got access to me for the whole month. For, for support, accountability, um, it's, it's, it's really amazing. And we've had um, a few winners in the, in the past now, and, and they've yeah. had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. uh, Robin won last month. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, curious to see who wins this month. Um, just kind of looking at the numbers right now. It is pretty close. It's pretty mm -hmm. close. So how we're going to we... have to pull in a sixth, uh, uh, number six <clears throat> in the, in the draw. Yeah. yeah Cause there's a tie. So, yeah. Um, how we do it is the top five people um, 
first place gets five ballots, second place gets four ballots, third place gets three, um, fourth place gets two, and, and fifth place gets one. Uh, and then we we do the draw based off of that. So yeah. um, if you're interested in getting in on that, I mean, start joining in live every day. And um, if you're not joining in live for whatever reason, and, you know, life, work, kids, etc., maybe you're on the East Coast, maybe you're on the West Coast, it just doesn't really work out, um, feel free to email us at info at reimorningshow.com. If you got any questions and you mm-hmm. want us to ask them on the show, we'd love to do that as well. Absolutely. From time to time, I get questions on uh, uh, through the email or I get questions through Facebook Messenger and sometimes I'll just write them down and I'll, I'll cover them on the show. Yeah. Um, there's one thing I wanted to talk about today. I made a note of it, but um, I'm going to quickly get through upcoming events so it doesn't take up half the show. Um, upcoming events. Join us for, uh, Friday this Friday. Live. Yeah. For our Friday, Friday live training. PM. For Friday live training, we are running the numbers on a flip, right? I didn't butcher that. Yeah, when? I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Friday at 7 p.m. We'll be um, live on on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so yeah, join us then on the real estate investing masters. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm the real estate investing masters group and yeah, running the numbers on a flip. So you guys, you voted, that was the topic you wanted to hear about. So we will see you all there. Mm -hmm. Um, upcoming cabin retreat is April 1st to 3rd, as well as May 25th to 28th or something like that. (laughs) Last weekend in May. Yeah. May 27th to 29th is our next two, uh, cabin retreats. Yeah. And then we've also got our next investor fix and flip meetup. April 10th. Yeah. Up in St. Albert. Um, that there, there's still spots available. Yeah. Um, we haven't announced it on anywhere else yet, just on the show. So um, head to Eventbrite uh, and and just look up Prairie Home Investments. Or if you look in the show notes of the show, you'll see it, uh, the link. Yeah. We already got um, about 20% full. Yeah. Just from you guys initially <laughs> signing up. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we... we we do open houses and meetups, networking events at uh, at our flips so that you can see every stage of the flip. So if you want to see the beginning stage with demo, ask your questions, and then we'll have people in about halfway through, which is in about three to four weeks from now um, at the next one. And then you can kind of see things starting to get put back in, like the flooring and the paint and the kitchen. And yeah. then lastly, we'll have one more when it's all done. So that way you can kind of see the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, they want to do flipping, but they're a little intimidated by it. So at least this way you can ask your questions and see what it looks like. Um, we're going to try and get more of our trades to show up as well. Um, so you can ask the trades questions as well and, and get their business cards. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun event as well. Uh, Absolutely. We have a caller awesome. calling in. <clears throat> and I'll just wait and Is see. Is it a surprise? Uh, Lindsay's calling in, but maybe she, uh, maybe she might've slept and pressed the button by accident, which is totally okay. But, uh, I'm guessing she accidentally, um, pressed the button. So, um, so today I got a bunch of things, uh, you know, on my little list of things I want to talk about, but I also want to hear what you guys want to talk about. Okay. This is all about you. Um, as you know, I don't prep very much. Yeah. And, and what's funny is that like, say for example, at the flip this past Sunday, so many people had so many questions for us. Yeah. (laughs) So where are you now? Yeah. (laughs) You gotta help us fill an hour guys. Uh, Remember we do this every day. There's, um, I remember when we were first starting up the show and even talking about doing the show. And uh, everyone's like, are you sure you're going to, you're not going to run out of things to talk about? I'm like, no, there's so much to talk about. Well, that depends. I mean, you guys have to contribute as well. This is for you. Okay. So. Um, yeah, we might just need to cancel the show. <clears throat> might just need to cancel the show. <laughs> it's one day we just won't be here anymore. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I really wish I would have taken advantage of that free coaching. Should have got my questions answered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. People pay people for coaching calls to get their questions answered. Yeah. I mean, people book coaching calls with me to get their questions answered. Yeah. A lot of it, you could have asked on the show. I'm okay with it. That's why we put this thing together. Um, I was trying to limit the amount of people that were messaging me through Instagram DMs and Facebook Messenger and stuff like that. Because to be, I, I love helping people. I love answering questions. But at the same time, you know, I have a family. 
I got multiple businesses. I have coaching clients that pay me like mentees that pay me for the accessibility of texting and, you know, and calls and stuff like that. So I have to be fair to them. So I'm like, okay, I still want to be able to answer people's questions. If they're quick questions, like, where do I find this? I want to be able to answer it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if I'm getting them all day, it's taking away from the other things that are important to me and other people that are paying me. So yeah. that's why we decided, okay, let's do a morning show. Let's do a morning show every day where everyone can join in, they can listen in, they can get some true valuable content yeah. about what we're doing and they can get their questions answered. So um, here's what we have going on. Um, and if you guys have any questions about this, please, please definitely call in. One other upcoming event. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Barry. Barry, oh, Ma- Barry okay. McGuire is coming on the show on Friday. Yes. Um, so on this Friday, Barry McGuire is going to be joining us. back. Back again. Barry's back. Tell a friend. Yeah, sure. Share it on Facebook. <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> um, yeah, Barry McGuire, real estate lawyer, educator, um, guru of creative real estate investing strategies is going to be joining us on Friday. Um, he's going to be joining us to talk about his upcoming rapid cash workshop. I talked about that basically uh, very briefly, sorry, yesterday. Um, he's got a workshop coming up May 7th through 8th um, on all creative strategies. They call it the rapid cash workshop. I've been to it, I don't know how many times. Um, and uh, Gabby and I are going to be there and uh, get to learn about everything. Fix and flips, wholesaling, joint ventures, assignments, and whole. I already said that. Uh, agreement for sales <laughs> and rent own. Yes. So <clears throat> that's where I got most of my education. It's fantastic. If you guys have any questions for Barry, he's going to be talking all about that. Um, Join in on Friday. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, so, on the topic of our fix and flip, I don't think we've talked about the roof yet on the show. We've talked with several people about it and to a lot of people at the flip meet, but I don't think we've brought it up on the show. No. Correct us if we're wrong. That was a big oof for me. Yeah. Big blessing <clears throat> opportunity. <clears throat> Learning opportunity. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was an expensive, expensive lesson. Um, uh, Josh says it's brought up a bit, but I'm going to talk about it again. I can't remember if I talked about it, but, um, it's, it's so hard. I, I, I talk with so many people in different platforms and stuff. I don't remember where I talk about things, but, um, I do my own inspections when I'm buying my flip properties. I've just gotten to a point where that's, I know what to look for. Uh, I don't need a home inspector to look for leaky faucets because it's not a property we're going to rent right away. It's a property where we're going to replace the faucet. So. Um, there's just certain things that I'm looking for when I'm walking through a flip um, to determine if I'm going to buy it. I'm looking at the roof really quickly. I want to see if the shingles are peeling back to know if the roof needs to be replaced. Um, Because that's anywhere from a seven to $10,000 job, right? Yeah. I'm looking at the furnace to see if it's new or dated. I'm looking at the hot water tank. I'm also looking at um, the ceiling as I'm walking through the house to see if there's any water stains. Mm-hmm. See if we have any issues with uh, <clears throat> um, any water issues there. I am also looking at the windows to see if they're dated, if they need to be updated. These are all big ticket items. Yeah. Because everything else gets replaced, right? Flooring gets replaced. Paints, uh, walls are being painted. Baseboards are getting replaced. Doors are getting replaced. Kitchen's getting replaced, everything. Um, and then in the basement, if the walls are exposed, I'm looking for uh, foundation cracks. Um, just walk the perimeter, see what I can see. Um, if I can't see anything, like if there's drywall up, then an inspector is not going to be able to see any more than I am, right? I'm not recommending you do this, but when you get to a point where you've done enough flips and you've walked through enough properties with your home inspector and you've asked enough questions, it's very valuable to, to, to be able to do it yourself because, um, especially these days when you're writing conditions for a home inspection, you're going to miss out. You're going to get beat, um, by me because I'm not putting a home inspection condition in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you have financing already lined up, um, or if you're trying to put a condition for financing, 
you're going to get beat by me because I don't have to worry about financing conditions. So it's just over time, I mean, definitely, you know, put your financing condition, definitely put your home inspection condition in the, in the beginning stages, but try to get to a point where you can learn how to do it all yourself and get to a point where you have financing lined up because you can be way more competitive um, by having more favorable terms than someone who is writing a good offer, but you know, there's two weeks worth of conditions, right? So as I'm walking through the, the I'm looking for foundation cracks in the basement as well. Um, I'm looking at the electrical panel. Mm-hmm. I am looking, I talked about the furnace and the hot water tank. I'm just kind of going through the whole house. I think that's about it. <clears throat> I'm going to look outside and see what the grading looks like. I mean, also in the basement, I'm looking for water stains as well, because I want to know if there's any water issues or moisture issues in the basement. Yeah. You can usually tell around um, the windows because that's a really big entry point for water as well as um, kind of that streaking on the walls mm-hmm. or or the or if there's um, drywall and baseboard up, base, uh, baseboard really shows like water stains, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, again, you're... In the winter, you might not see it because it might, everything might be frozen and, exactly. yeah. and you won't know until the spring. But then you can check outside as well and uh, check uh, the grading to make sure that, um, you know, it's it's graded away from the house. Um, yeah, so that's, the, those, that's basically just as I'm walking through the house, I'm checking out the layout and then I'm checking out those items. Mm-hmm. Um, in this last property, uh, we were made aware that there were some moisture issues in the basement. So... You know, I was taking extreme care, trying to find something, some indication of, of, of water issue or moisture issues in the basement. I couldn't find anything. Um, we later noticed that the grading was was sloped towards the house quite a bit on yeah. one corner. There was tons of snow when we purchased it. So just in the past um, week when it really melted, <clears throat> it revealed, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, we had a pretty big grading issue. Yeah. So we're going to have to, once everything thaws... You know, hopefully we can keep the water away from the house as much as possible when, when things start melting and thawing. And then once the ground thaws, we'll just have to um, lift it a bit and then resod. So that's that's not a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being proactive about it um, to make sure that it doesn't do any damage. Um, but the one thing, I mean, I looked at the roof. I saw the roof and it was old cedar shake shingles. I'm like, man, that's, those got to be redone. They're old. I asked about, you know, I asked an expert and they're like, yeah, they got about a 30 year life. I'm like, okay, it's, it's been 30 years. So they're, they need to be replaced. Um, and that was it. One thing I've always joked about is that I'll never, I'll never look in the attic. I don't know. I just don't like something about the attic. It's just like dirty and um, insulation and that kind of shit. And, and, and since I sold my truck, um, I don't, I can't bring my ladder anyways. So, I never look in the attic and I'm like, you know what? That's the one place I won't look. And that's like, that's kind of me rolling the dice. If, yeah. if there's something in the attic, like a lack of insulation, I just always make sure they have a good enough buffer yeah. um, or a profit margin that worst case scenario, if we need to respray insulation, I got enough of a profit spread that I can, I can eat it. Not the insulation, the cost. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, this last one, I, I I actually did look in the attic because um, in the master bedroom, because it's a four, it's like a four level split. Um, the one of the entries to the attic was actually um, on in, the wall, like chest on the height. wall, <laughs> chest height in the closet, and so I was able to open it up and have a peek. I'm like, oh, okay, that's sufficient insulation. We're good, and that was it. I'm like, yeah, it's an attic, big deal. What I didn't realize was that, and, and I don't know if I could have, and I don't know if I would have known. You wouldn't have recognized. You had this had to be a lesson learned for you to be able to recognize it. Um, I guess with cedar shake shingles, or or maybe apparently this is a a Saint Albert thing, which is you know Saint Albert is a smaller little town um, above Edmonton, just attached straight to Edmonton. So it's two minutes north of Edmonton. Um, Apparently it's a thing where they don't, they don't, they don't sheet the roof with plywood. They use strapping, which is like these little slats. And then, um, and then they, they, they just staple and hammer the, the, the shingles 
to each other and they kind of overlap and and that's 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 how they did it at that particular time and as so i, I started getting roofing quotes and everyone's like yeah this is what it'll cost this is what it'll cost and and we got a really amazing quote from one guy yeah and we're then, like great this is what we were expecting yeah this is yeah. fantastic <clears throat> and then we got our third quote and um he says hey while i was up there i just noticed that um one of your shingles was um kind of off and there was a hole there so i stuffed it so that no water goes in I'm like oh thanks man and uh he says by the way um you know there's no sheeting on that roof right i'm like what he goes, yeah there's no sheeting i'm like what do you mean I'm like, just there's just shingles <laughs> like, i don't know i don't know enough about roofs yeah. and or is it roofs or roof roofs <clears throat> correct me if i'm wrong Ro roofs um <laughs> And so I find and, and, and so I find out sometimes they partially sheet them, sometimes they don't sheet them at all. And uh yeah, I found out there was no sheeting whatsoever. So in order for us to put new asphalt shingles on there, we have to plywood sheet the whole roof. Yeah. Plywood isn't cheap. <laughs> and it has to be a certain width. Yeah. Plywood mm -hmm. for code. And uh you know, it's a 2,000 or 2,200 square foot house. So like the roof is like 3,000 square feet. Yeah. And a sheet of eight by four plywood at Home Depot right now is like a hundred bucks a sheet. Yeah, it's wild. So how so, many sheets do we need? I, I, well, how much was it going to cost or how much is it costing <clears> for the sheeting? <laughs> I think it was like, I think it was like 75 sheets. And then you have to, I, I'm, I'm, get, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm trying. I can't remember exactly, but uh, what? Uh, it not. It's not just the cost of it. It's hauling them up there. Yeah, the labor and the labor of installing them. Um, basically, basically, what it was going to do is it was going to increase our whole budget by about nine or ten thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the initial roof quote was like? Um, I think it was. Um, well, we had multiple quotes. Yeah. And then we eventually got a, got a deal. But I think it was somewhere around 15. Yeah. 15,000. <clears> and then the next one came in at about. With the sheeting. Yeah. Somewhere around 25. Yeah. $25,000, so $10,000 like 25 more. to 27 for the different quotes, including the sheeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's what I've, what we eventually learned was that I think it was, uh, we need, um, half inch, um, plywood in order for it to be code. But then we found out if we put the plywood directly or on top of the strapping, we yeah. would be able to get away with three eighths plywood. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm just remembering this vaguely. Mm -hmm. um, so because it was three eighths plywood instead, it's actually cheaper plywood. So we're saving a little bit of money there, a couple grand. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, where was I going with that? You could space them. Oh no, we're not, we're, we're not doing that. Um, but yes, yeah, so we ended up finding out because we can put it right over the strapping and that's the code, then we were able to use three eights. Um, so we were able to save a couple thousand bucks there. But after all said and done, um, thankfully, we we have a good relationship, have a good network. A good network. A yeah. good network. <laughs> and having a good network is, uh, it, it increases your, uh, what do they call it? Your uh, your net worth. Um, <laughs> like the saying goes. And so thankfully, we were able to get a good, really good deal. Um, so we ended up getting... Um, it quoted out for about $17,000. Is that what it is? 17? Yeah. 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 So literally we saved like eight to 10 grand because of our, our network and yeah. the good connection that we made. That's super lucky. Yeah. So Josh asks, <clears throat> would the first guys honor the cheaper quote after realizing they were out to lunch? And so one of the questions that we had with the quote is what kind of surprise things can come up? Like, this is a great quote, quote. if we move forward, you know, like what, what kind of things could possibly increase I, it? That's so and, funny. Cause uh, I, I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, that's not normally something I don't think that Wayne would have really 
asked, but he did. And the guy's like, well, you know, like in my however many decades or whatever of roofing, like I haven't really had any like big surprises. Like this is something that could, but like I'm talking like 1% chance or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't normally call for quotes. Yeah. That's normally me. Um, it was his connection, his network. So I let him kind of make that call. We were both in the car. I'm like, I'll do the call. Not a big deal. Um, uh, Lindsay, uh, sorry, just a side note, guys. Uh, Lindsay, uh, you accidentally clicked the uh, uh, the call in button. That's why um, you must have. Uh, that's no big deal. Um, Lindsay finally realized that we tried to invite her. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was really weird. I'm like, hey man, so like you know, thanks for the quote. It sounds good to me. I'm gonna get my other quotes. But uh, quick question for you: like, is there once you take the shingles off, is there anything else that could possibly come up that might increase it? Just mm -hmm. a good question to ask, um, so that they don't. You just know what your what your risks are. Um, I haven't done a roof in a long time, yeah. and uh, he goes, "No, man. Like no, the only the only thing is like maybe you know there might they might have only partially sheeted um, you know the roof, or maybe some of the sheets need to be replaced. It's not that big of a deal. It's just one or two sheets. Um, but uh, in my experience, like I've only ever had it happen like once at like some farmhouse years ago where like there was no sheeting underneath the roof, so it's it's pretty rare. And I said, oh, "Okay, cool." And then sure enough, the next person yeah. comes in the next day and says, Hey, there's no sheeting. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bizarre. mean, they're not going to, they're not going to honor, you know, the original quote because no. they thought it was just for shingles. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but they gave us, they, 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 they took really good care of us. And if you guys want the uh, connection for the roof, I got a couple connections for roofs here and help you guys out. Yeah. Um, but just a valuable lesson. Like, you know, I was not expecting that. And you never really know. Um, until you get into a house sometimes. I mean, I could have hired a home inspector, but I wouldn't have gotten that house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure you wouldn't have. We would not be renovating this house. The reason why I got this deal was because I was unconditional and I put a very fat, juicy deposit on it. Mm -hmm. um, and they got burnt by their first one that they accepted, who mm -hmm. had to back out of it. So they didn't want to wait another two-week period. They're like, these guys have no conditions. It's sold. If we accept this, it's sold. I'm, again, disclaimer, I'm not telling you to put offers no. on houses without conditions. Gosh, no. What I'm telling you is, is get to a point where you can. Yeah. Get to a point where you're confident that you can. And so whatever that, whatever that takes, whatever that means that you need to do between now and then mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Um, when you're getting your home inspection, follow him or her around the house asking questions. A lot of the times they're chatty because yeah. like they often are working alone and they want to show you, they want to teach you, they want to have conversations. So be there and and ask the questions about what they're finding. Go through those reports like really, really closely and like see everything that they touched, everything that they looked at, all the things that can go wrong. Read your reports. If you've purchased properties in the past and you don't really remember, go back, pull them up, go through them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, Josh this year, that big door in the master closet was so enticing to see inside. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the secret trap door. Like what's inside here? Yeah. Um, so Liam asked, are you, I, I don't know if he came in late cause you did kind of already touch on this, but he said, are you going to, um, are you going writing offers with no conditions at all in today's market? <clears throat> like this last flip? Me? Personally. Me? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. Because um, again, we've been through so many houses that we can, we're confident in doing our own inspections and having things like this possibly happen. We it, have buffers. Yeah. If I'm doing flips, yeah. if it's a, if I'm buying something as a rental property, that's different. Yeah. Because I don't want to be putting any money into it. No. I want to know that it's good, that I can get the keys and then get a tenant in right away. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be finding out that the panel needs work or that the roof needs to get redone or, yeah. you know, the, the faucet's leaking and, and some of the, the electrical outlets don't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that just costs me money. So for flips, um, or extensive yeah. renovations. If you're burying, putting a, a secondary suite in or something, and you're tearing the whole place apart anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you need to be competitive. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pay significantly more in my offer in order to get time for conditions. Yeah. So it's kind of six and a half dozen. I mean, like, I can, I can put a really 
good offer that has really good terms, like a big deposit and to, to prove that I'm going to close and I'm guaranteed to close because there's no conditions um, and get a little, maybe let's say asking price, or I can write $20,000 over asking price with conditions to be able to go and get a home inspection. Well, if I do it the other way, then I've, I just saved $20,000. And then like, what things could I possibly, what things could possibly come up? Hmm. Interesting way of looking at it. That's, that's the way yeah. I look at it. What things are going to possibly come up and how much are they going to cost? So worst case scenario, I messed up and I didn't know there was cheating. There was no cheating. Okay, that's $10,000. Okay. Uh, worst case scenario, um, we take down the drywall in the basement and it's just littered with vertical cracks. Well, it's, I got to fill 10 cracks at 700 bucks each, 7,000 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not going to be able and to be honest, that's a bad example because a home inspector is not really going to be able to tell from that. So that's just always going to be a risk. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, it gives me a 10 or $20,000 um, little kitty there just for, you know, savings that that covers things that the, the what ifs that could possibly come up that I didn't see. So I'm okay with that. Right. Cause the alternative is me overpaying or me paying more. Um, and I get a home inspection and it works out to be the same thing. So, um, I would rather roll the dice. So me personally, I'd rather roll the dice and, and gamble it a little bit. And, and some of the, maybe, maybe there is nothing. And I got it for $20,000 cheaper because I was able to aggressively put a good offer with good terms. Yeah. So, and that's just today's market. That's, you know, people are asking, well, how do I get houses and how do I get flips? Like, is I'm fighting and everything's going over ask. And, yeah. Well, here's your answer. You know, you got to get creative. Well, and here's here's the, the the math on our situation is that our offer was twenty five thousand dollars below asking price. Yeah. The initial accepted offer was fifteen over. Yeah. So forty thousand dollar difference between. Uh, accept, initial accepted offer and our eventual accepted offer. Mm-hmm. And so we saved 40 grand on, on the purchase. And then the only thing that came up, has come up, I think will come up, that would have been identified in the inspection. You know, if if we determined during the inspection, if he was able to see below the snow and that like, okay, you're going to need to do some grading, that's like, that would have, but we wouldn't have turned away because of that. That's an easy fix. Fixing yeah. grading is easy. Yeah. So really the roof is the only thing. And we just determined that that costed us, you know, about $8,000 to yeah. do the sheeting. So saved 40 grand off the purchase price yep. because of no conditions. Had a $10,000 oopsie <clears throat> surprise expense. Saved 30 grand. Yep. There you have it. Yeah. Um, and and we, got a, we got a little bit of intel about us to like, I mean, I did some digging. I found out who the seller was. I looked him up on Facebook and I just try and, you know, sometimes I'll look an honest door just, or I can ask the realtor, you know, when they bought the property. You get it. You try and put together a story. You know, they bought it in 1984. It, that, that wasn't, I don't know when these people, I can't remember bought this house, but they owned it for a long time, but they bought it a long time ago. You can see the pictures on their Facebook. It's, you know, the family at this house it's quite clear that they raised their family at this house i heard something something about something happened with the dad and the family was selling the property so like you know whether someone was sick or someone had passed away or they were moving into something smaller the place was vacant like the story that they that that told me was that they just wanted to be done with it right they did want the most money Mm-hmm. And they took the most money. They they yeah. declined our offer and took somebody else's first. That was $15,000 over ask. Conditional. And then the person who didn't remove conditions, whether it be financing or maybe they found some stuff um, in the home inspection. And then, they're, you know, God, if it was home inspection, they probably went, well, the grading needs to be done. There's no sheeting on the roof. It's going to cost $25,000 to do that. You know, now uh, this, 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 the shower's leaking. Um, all these little things that worked like that weren't a bother to us. 
because we're going to renovate the whole thing. But for someone who's planning on moving into that house, mm -hmm. they thought, oh, wow, this house is significantly cheaper and we'll just come in and change the carpets and paint the walls and, and maybe one day we'll redo the kitchen. But they find out there's all these other problems. Mm -hmm. So they're like, no, we're not. And they, they probably came back and tried to lower the price and they said no. And then we get a call the next day saying, hey, we'll accept your offer if you're still offering it. Mm -hmm. And because they knew that we were unconditional, they knew we weren't going to go and do a home inspection. They weren't going to wait another two weeks to find out that somebody else wasn't going to remove conditions because those same property inspection issues were going to show up again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so a good strategy, you know, in this market or in any market is don't be afraid to write offers. Yeah. If you see a property, go out and see it, write an offer. And even if you think you're not going to win, still write the offer. Yeah. Because you never know. You might be the back. If you write it. 20 offers, 30 offers this month, one of them might call back yeah, and say, hey, is that offer still on the table? At mm -hmm. that point, you can choose yes or no. Yeah. Right? I think even um, kind of a strategy that we never really talked about, it kind of just came into my head is that, um, you know, depending who the seller is, if you've done your digging and maybe they're not, you can tell that it's not a really big, you know, decade-long family attachment to the house. Um, maybe even, you know, not going unconditional, but saying, um, you know, conditional on, um, if it is conditional on financing and a home inspection, you could include in that kind of like a pre-approval letter showing that you have the pre-approval, which Kellen has mentioned before, yeah. but maybe also a note to the, to the selling realtor to let them know that, you know, we're, uh, my, I'm going to be flipping this house or I'm going to be renovating this house extensively. So the home inspection um, is just is just to make sure that there's nothing like it structurally insane going on. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't care if there's leaky this and leaky that and, you know, the electrical panel needs to mm -hmm. be upgraded. So just to kind of give them a forewarning that like, I don't really care about the inspection. It's just in case there's something massive. Yeah. Because then maybe they're like, oh, okay, well, they're, they're not going to care that, you know, my shower is leaking. leaking. They're not going to care, you know, all these things that they're worried about that's going to come up in the inspection. So that might help make it enticing, knowing that it's not a big deal. Inspection is not a big deal. They're just going to come in, come out. There isn't anything structurally wrong with my house. I just have uh, some issues that never got yeah. repaired. Yeah. Right. So that might be something that you can add in there to, um, to help if you do need to write conditions. Yeah. And if you are extensively renovating it, obviously. Yeah. Josh asked here, is this is a townhome or is the roof not covered by the strata? No, this is a single family home, a 2000 square foot single family house in St. Albert that we're yeah. renovating our Philippine right now. Yeah. Yeah. The last two were townhouses yeah. that we did. So yeah, definitely wouldn't have been a, an issue. Yeah. Lots to, um, lots to consider there and, and, and hopefully that's some good food for thought. Um, Robbie says there's been a ton popping back up, popping up the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that as well. Um, they're still moving pretty quickly though. Um, I'm keeping a close eye on it to see how, how quickly things are, are moving, you know, get in touch with your realtor and ask, Hey, keep your finger on the pulse to know what's going on in the market. See if things are starting to slow down. You know, um, I'm doing it as well. I'm ramping up. I'm trying to buy as much as possible. I think it's a huge opportunity. Um, as the market continues to grow. Um, but at the same time, I'm also trying to keep my finger on the pulse so that if, if things are slowing down, I don't want to be caught with my pants down. Um, <clears throat> but that's that's just business. You know, this is our flipping business. It's, yeah. um, I've basically given the green light to our, our realtor and just said, and, and any wholesalers we know, hey, we're looking, we're buying. You find it, we're buying. Unconditional. And, um, and they're out working for us. It's not... Not to say that it's easy, um, but, you know, we're definitely putting it out there and um, opportunities are coming in. We're writing offers. I was looking at one last night, kind of pissed. I never got a message back last night. Calvin, if you're listening, <laughs> I found one like three minutes away from our house in the Duke. Oh, fuck. Now everybody's going to be looking at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like nice and close and, and I know the area very well and but it's, it's complicated. I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll talk about it in the next couple of days. Um, once, once I figure out whether we're getting it or not, um, but I'm ready to go. Uh, but the, the timeline was really freaking short. Yeah. Like they needed money like right away and they needed like a ridiculous close. 
And I'm like, God, I got the money. I can, I could bring, I can bring a suitcase full of cash, but like, frick, I don't think my lawyer can process it that yeah. quickly. And that was my question. I was like, I understand. And yes, we have the money. We can go get it right now. But I, I literally don't think that it's possible for a lawyer to be able to close that fast. And if they could, I don't know, maybe with like an insane amount of legal fees, they could like put everything else on pause and just like push it. No, I don't even think so. Cause they need to no. wait on the city to like pull stuff and all that yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah. I was like, I literally don't think it's possible. I think the, the issue is diligence. Yeah. I don't think we can get our diligence done quickly yeah. enough. You have, there's, there's, there's minimal yeah. things that well, pulling process. property taxes and pulling this and RPR yes. processing title insurance, like all those things take time. It's not like they're instantaneous. Yeah. Uh, Wilson has a question here, but Wilson also mentioned earlier that he is not dead. He's yeah. just been tired. We were wondering if he had died um, and why we weren't invited to the funeral or. I hired a private investigator. Yeah. It, yeah. It got pretty deep, man. Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Um, he's just been a little sleepy. Dude, I. It's I, tough. We just talked about this yesterday. Hey, Wayne. Yeah. It was messing me up, man. I, I don't know. I was behind on sleep before and then we lost an hour and just I cannot seem to. I, yeah, train my body to get back. But it, I had a really good night's sleep last night. Yeah. I think as I, you know, the one thing I like about the time change, I know everybody hates it. I'm not bothered by time changes. They don't really affect me very much. But the one thing that I really like about the time changes is that the daylight hours breathe life into us. Like get outside and let that sun soak into your skin and like get rid of the seasonal depression and the just everything like get that vitamin d and and i don't know it's like it it just changes everything i think that we are all so effing tired of this winter and how long and depressing and disgusting it was and like now's your chance you guys this is the week to like get out and soak up the sun and appreciate the daylight hours and get your like systems reset. Yeah. So take advantage of it. And yeah, just there's hope. This is when you start seeing more people like out walking. Kids on bikes. Kids on bikes. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's, we, yeah. Yeah. When it's inspiring. <laughs> when, you're, when you're cooped up for so many months and you don't go outside and when you do go outside, you have to get all bundled up and then run into the car and then run into the grocery store. And even then you still got to wear a stupid mask and just yeah. this, this, yeah, it's winter's been, in the last couple of winters, to be honest. So we'll start to see people getting a lot more active. Me, like that's one of my big things. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, spring, spring's a big change for me too. I've been hiding in my office for months, yeah, putting weight on. So now is the time to get out and start getting more active and yeah. stretching these muscles out. Um, yeah, but I'm, again, glad to see you're okay, Wilson. Yeah. Wilson asked, uh, would you go firm if you were doing buy and hold instead of flipping? I mentioned that a couple minutes ago. Um, Probably, Probably not, not. No. Um, because home inspectors are going to go and check all the the faucets, the tub, the shower, all the electrical outlets. You know what I mean? Like if, oh God, I just like, I remember like when we bought a brand new house and like, you know, some of the electrical outlets weren't working because mm-hmm. um, we just did a, whole, a quick home inspection on that one. I can't remember why, but. Um, we found a couple of outlets weren't working and like, that's a pain. You got to send in a handyman to go change out outlets and they, you know, a couple hundred bucks because of labor hours and drive time, et cetera. And then, um, all the, all the locks weren't keyed with the same key, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just little dumb stuff like mm-hmm. that. Or you find out that, um, I don't know. We, we had another one where like, um, the drain pipe, um, the four inch drain pipe in the basement wasn't tightened for some stupid fucking reason. Um, they never tightened it. So, uh, after a couple of weeks of people having baths and, and showers and, and dishwashers and stuff like that, we had a leak in the basement and we're like, what the hell? And then they cut out the drywall to find, you know, the, the four inch pipe there. And, and literally it was ha- barely hand tight. And so like just little things like that. I mean, that's something that a home inspector is not going to find, but like a home inspector, what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to fill the bath. They're going to run the water. Yeah. And then they're going to let it go. And because they're they're looking for leaks, they're checking all the outlets, they're checking all the light fixtures, they're checking the dishwasher, they're checking the fridge, they're checking everything. And if you're buying a buy and hold in which you intend to rent it right away, I want to know that everything freaking works as advertised Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to spend money when as soon as I get it. 
So buy and hold's different. Yeah. Um, he also just added, what if the buy and hold is a burr? And so, yeah, that's something. Wilson, did you come in late and proclaim that you're sleepy, not dead? Sleepy, sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's another thing that I said is that like also with burrs, like if you're doing an extensive renovation, <laughs> it's a little crying laughing face there yeah. in the app. Um, yeah. If you're doing an extensive renovation for a burr, same thing. You're, you're tearing everything apart and replacing everything and you're going to see all the plumbing. You're going to see all the you know, exposed basement walls and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so we would possibly go unconditional in that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like right now our, you know, what we're picking up is for flips and <clears throat> right now is the crazy market where we, if we want them, we go unconditional. So, yeah. yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. Well, well, 15 minutes left in the show. I, um, I had uh, an interesting coaching call last night. Um, wasn't expecting it. Um, this kind of came out of left field for me. Um, most of the people that we meet through our circles, um, you know, listening to the podcast for a while, you know, maybe the Facebook group, um, maybe some other networking group um, mm -hmm. event that we've, we've been to and you've seen us there. So when um, people show up at the, at our, our networking events, like the fix and flip or whichever. Um, most of them, you know, are found, you know, know us through there, but actually this, this past one, we had, a, we met a few people that were actually just, they saw the event on Eventbrite and kind of blew my mind a little bit. I'm like, oh, you came here from Eventbrite. <laughs> um, wasn't really expecting it. I had a good conversation with one guy at the, at the fix and flip meetup and, and uh, yeah, he was interested in buying a rental property and just kind of looked it up and Googled and, and saw the events, which was very interesting. I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to put a lot more thought into my Eventbrite links now uh, <laughs> because like, you know, I just said fix and flip meetup. Um, I never really thought that that people would actually go to events like that, little networking events to go in. And it must be frustrating to find something on Eventbrite and be like, this sounds interesting, but like, what is it? Like, there's yeah. no description here. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely do a better job. But um, I had a coaching call book last night, and um, it was another individual. I guess I I met him very briefly at the at the event. Um, again, just assumed it was you know he was an investor and and uh, within the circles within the circles. But uh, later found out you know at their call last night that no, same thing, Eventbrite. Um, thought it'd be cool to go and check it out. Um, he had a really cool. Uh, challenge that he's doing right now or a challenge that he committed to. And I want to talk about that for the last 15 minutes because um, I really liked it. Um, so I, there's this show called um, Undercover Billionaire. It's a bit of a longer story, sorry. But I guess in one of the episodes, um, there was a challenge for this undercover billionaire that he had to start from scratch and create a million dollar company in three months and it's like if he had to start over you know how would he do it to create a company worth a million dollars in three months so he, i guess he just really liked that and he he hasn't been involved in the the real estate circles and stuff like that and entrepreneurial stuff so he said you know, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do that challenge which i thought was so amazing and except i'm gonna give myself a year and um, Instead of three months, yeah. so we started working his way backwards. Like, how am I going to do this? Okay. So first things first, I'm going to, um, I'm going to start flipping some small items like on Kijiji. You know what I mean? Um, maybe like flipping couches or, um, whichever, uh, what other stuff can you flip? Just, you know what I mean? Like just buying something and selling it, buying some, buying some, the other flip. And then maybe once he's got a couple thousand dollars to start flipping cars, you know, buy something cheap and then sell for a little bit more. Um, I've heard a lot of people that have had some minor successes with that. A couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars there until eventually gets up to the point where he's got enough money to flip houses. And that's, and that's why he came out to the event. He's like, oh, I want to learn how to flip houses. So he Googles it and finds the fix and flip meetup. Yeah. Which I thought was so cool. <laughs> um, and I was explaining to him, man, I'm like, dude, like you just like stumbled upon the wardrobe and you kind of looked in the back and realized that there's like this whole world of Narnia back here behind the socks. <laughs> Like, cause like you just stumbled upon this event where there's like 50 real estate investors here 
And I said, like, I, I blows my mind that that's, that's how you found this. And that's how you found me and then booked a coaching call. I love it. Yeah. I love, I love, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I said, it's like stumbled upon Narnia. Like you have no idea this whole world of all these different strategies and that there are people doing this mm-hmm. every day. And there's a whole community and network. So, you know, get in, start meeting people and start having conversations, start asking what books to read. It's, it's, it's I caught someone like right as they, yeah. they found real estate Intrigued. investing. Yeah. At the yeah. intrigue stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so that's what his plan was. And then flip houses and then eventually have enough money to, to build a business or to buy a business um, and then grow it to a million dollars valuation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, the challenge is fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt, I felt terrible because like, I'm like, ah, oh, man, like, I don't want to be the negative person that tells you that it's going to be really fucking hard because I don't know many investors who flipped or wholesaled and made a million dollars in their first year. Yeah. I don't. I don't know many investors who have a business where they flip or wholesale and they make a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know many people who buy a business and increase the valuation tenfold in a year. I don't. It, it's so starting from scratch. I mean, I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to, I, but at the same time, you know me, I'm not a hip, hip, hooray kind of guy. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you got this, man. Yeah, go flip houses. Yeah, flip real estate contracts. Oh, you could do it. You could do it. If you work really hard, you have good mindset, you get up early every day, you listen to the show. You know, you meditate, all the other bullshit gimmicks. You can do it. No, like it's, it's, I, I want to be real. I want to set some expectations. But through those expectations, we can have a better idea of what is possible. And then at the same time, like I, I can still tell you what needs to be done. But, um, you know, if you're still working a job, mm-hmm. it took me seven years. It took me seven years to get to a point where I felt comfortable leaving my job. Different, yeah. Different goal, but, you know, if you're flipping properties, you're making $50,000 in profit on each property. That means you got to do 20 flips this year. Yeah. <laughs> and you not only have to have access to the down payment money, you have to have access to the renovation money. So if you're buying a $300,000 house doing a $100,000 renovation, you need to have traditionally $160,000. And if you have to do 20 flips this year starting today that means you need to have five simultaneous flips going on at every point during the year in order to get 20 done so that means you need to have 160,000 times five it's eight hundred thousand dollars in capital in order to make a million dollars for the year and five really good crews five and know everything that you need to know about you can see where i'm getting at yeah (laughs) um the alternative is to take that money and then to buy a business and, and try and increase the value by 10 X the value in, in less than six months. You know, it's, 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 it's not very realistic, but like I, it is possible, but just like it takes a certain kind of person, the kind of person that doesn't have a family, the kind of person that literally does not sleep, that has no obligations and sharp teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we got talking, I think that once I, once we continue to kind of peek more into the, the wardrobe a little bit um, and showing like the world that is here, the, you know, the real estate investing world that people are doing this every day, they're becoming real estate investors and they're starting with no money. They're starting with nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they just start educating themselves. They start investing into themselves. They start, they start with a book, they join a group, they take some courses, they hire a coach or a mentor, and they eventually get to a point where they can leave their job in 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still do that you know, while working a job. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and you can do that without sacrificing a whole year of your life of staying up until one o'clock in the morning and sharpening your teeth and just like just trying to get like, like getting to a million dollars in a year is like, whatever, like, what are you going to do with a million dollars? You know what I mean? It's, it's not that much money if we're being honest. I would much rather see more of a long-term strategy of like building it 
um, steadily, steadily, right? Mm-hmm. And still being able to go to your job and not having to like run directly from work for one project to the next project, the next project, and finding out there's a leak over here and everything else. Like doing five flips at a time is like ridiculous. Um, unless you've got five crews that are taking care of everything. But even then, you're still going to get a ridiculous amount of messages. Mm-hmm. It's it's a full-time job. So, you know, once we start talking about that and like the different options that are available, long-term buying holds and fix and flip and wholesaling and like rent-to-own businesses and buying houses with, a, you know, a seller financing agreement for sales, I think it really, um, it was really cool. It's really cool to kind of open up um, the possibilities. It was just a lot of fun. But I guess what I'm curious a bit of a longer story. I'm curious in the last five minutes here. What would you guys do if you had to make a million dollars in a year? I struggle with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, even me, I, I, I would do it. I trust me. If there's anybody that could do it, it'd be me. Um, I have that much confidence in myself. Certainly wouldn't see my daughter at all for a year. Wouldn't see my wife. Uh, that would be my first uh, order of business. Yeah, right. You'd put your wife to work. First order of business, I would, <laughs> I would, um, I go get a blow up mattress and 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 live in one of my basement suites. Mm-hmm. Forget your family because your family is going to be a huge distraction. Um, you have to basically one hundred percent commit to this goal. Yeah. Starting from zero. I mean, we've we flipped items before in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not a fast thing. No, it's not. I think people get inspired by like those Kijiji or those Facebook videos, you know, people like they find, they, they start with a paperclip and they sell the paperclip for a pencil and then they sell the pencil for an eraser and then they sell the eraser for a, um, a purse and a purse for a whatever, you know what I mean? And then they start, they start flipping things until eventually they can flip it up and then eventually they sell the car and then they, they have a car. Once they sell the car, they have enough for a down payment to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Um, People get inspired by that kind of stuff. And it's, it's gimmicks, but I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Um, I mean, knowing what I know now, I would very like having the resources that I have now, I would just call a bunch of certain people and just start doing flips and start, you know what I mean? Yeah. Buying properties and, um, but not knowing what I know, that's a tough one. And I think that that's why it was so easy for that undercover billionaire because the billionaire has like a ridiculous amount of resources. He's very resourceful. That's the key thing about successful people. They're very resourceful. Yeah. They know who to call. They're not the ones that are doing the work. It's all about knowing people. 100%. Um, Robin says $1 million in profit per year is pretty good and huge goal for most exciting, existing. most existing small business. Yeah. Not that realistic. Um, he says, uh, no one has any ideas. It's a tough one. Now it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. As someone without a entrepreneurial mindset, like I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I think I'm missing that gene. Um, like I have no, I have zero clue. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> it, like my answer is it comes down to who you being resourceful, who, you know, yeah. Your network. If you know someone that's has a good idea. Say, for example, I was able to to come up with $20,000 in the first couple of months, right? What would I fund? Someone out there needs money. So maybe a painting business or maybe a, um, a construction business or something like that. You know, they need, they need some capital to get started, to buy some equipment. You come in there and you bring the capital and then you get a percentage of their, their business. You increase the business and then you sell the business. You know what I mean? There's lots of cool different creative ways you can look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you know the right people and you're not afraid to talk to people and, 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 um, and have conversations. Mm-hmm. You can you can get some really cool partnerships. Buying and selling businesses is something I've always been really interested in. Yeah, it's the same thing as real estate. Yeah, just a different Flip different it. wardrobe. Flipping businesses instead of houses. Exactly, exactly. Um, something I'll get into in the future, but uh, I mean that, that that's probably it. You know, just how, how do I quickly make some cash over the first couple months? You know, I live in a tent, right? You can live in the teepee in the dog park. We found a teepee in the middle of the forest. That is yesterday. completely off subject. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you're seriously going to go off subject like that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's probably what I ended up doing is, is, is just trying to, you might have to go traditional route and just go get a job for a month or something like that just to get a couple thousand bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And just live off of noodles and, and then take the couple thousand bucks and start flipping things. Um, a lot of people have a lot of luck with couches, a lot of, you know, just find stuff on Kijiji that people just want to get rid of appliances these days. Yeah. You're going to flip appliances very easily. Um, someone wants to get rid of an appliance because of the issues with supply chain right now. Appliances is a, is a big issue. Um, cars, cars and trucks. If you can be, you know, someone who just quickly can take a vehicle off someone's hands and know where to sell it and know who's looking to buy, that's another good one. Um, make a couple thousand bucks here and there until eventually you have a good, you know, pocket of capital that you can start really doing some, some, if you've, if you've ever played cash flow, the game, the board game cash flow, you got to do a lot of small deals uh, early on when you don't have that much money because you don't have enough for down payments. You don't have enough to invest. But eventually, once you get a little bit of cash in your pocket, then you can start doing the big deals, right? And there's a lot more opportunities in the big deals. Yeah. And in the big deals, you can also partner up with other people. And that's when you can start, you know, looking at potentially doing some flips. You can start, you know, putting some down payments down for some some larger wholesale deals, right? You can start flipping properties, right? For sure. Nobody really has any ideas, though. <laughs> You're all just letting me just ramble on. Interesting. I want you guys to think about that. If you if if come if back you tomorrow to. with your ideas, <laughs> Josh is becoming a YouTuber. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need to I, gain influence fast. Yeah, or you need to do some some videos where you you know you give five thousand dollars to random strangers to get that's 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 a different strategy. But um, I want you guys to think about that today. I'm going to bug you tomorrow because. Um, because if you can't figure that out, you're not going to figure out anything else. There is a way. You want to be successful, you got to figure out the solution. And to be honest, it's, it's a huge challenge for me. I'm going to think about it as well. But that's, I, I gave you a couple examples of how to get started. You need a little bit of money to get started so you can start buying things. Then you need to get good at the art of the flip. And the flip is buying something for low and selling it for higher. And in this, in this timeline, you want to you be able to buy items that you can get quickly and sell quickly. You don't want to be sourcing products from China and trying to sell them. Um, it's just not enough time. So you get it like Kijiji, Facebook Marketplace, those types of things. Buy items that are in demand, clean them up, sell them. Buy, clean, sell, buy, clean, buy, clean, fix, sell. And just do it as quickly as possible so you get about $20,000. And then you start playing with the big deals. Start pulling the big deal cards. Start finding some local businesses that need some money and get in on a partnership. Use your influence and, and resources to to increase that business. Sell the business. Heck, have them buy you out. Right? Double, triple your money really quickly. Take that money, buy another business. Grow that. Take that money, buy a house. Flip it. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I, got, I think I can get it up to about 100K. The problem is turning 100K into a million in six months. That's the hard part. That's the real hard part because mm-hmm. it's hard to, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big return. Maybe you'd have to just buy into a bunch of smaller companies. Yeah, that's tough. I want to hear what you guys think. Oh, uh, Robbie says, um, oh, sorry. Annette says live on as little as possible would be the first step. Yeah, for sure. You need to invest every penny that you have. Robbie says, create a small team of like-minded people to pool resources. See if there was anything you could sell to generate some income. There you go. Well, literally, you remember the, the cash flow game? Gab, you can go if you have to go. Um, remember the cash flow game early on with those small deals or even the big deals? Sometimes the, the best approach is to work together, right? Like-minded people, they're all, you know, combining their their resources and their and their ideas into one common goal so that you can do a bigger deal and make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam says, those are all things I've done to save enough money to get started in real estate. And then finding a niche item you can sell like furniture or bikes are a great one. There's some expensive mountain bikes people will pay good money for. Yeah. And 
bikes just kind of reminds me of like some things are very seasonal. Yeah. Right. Um, snowblowers are really good around this first snowfall. Right. Yeah. What do people scramble for as the season changes? <laughs> exactly. What are people? There's there's always something as as seasons change. Right. Yeah. Heck, even just starting up a. a here's a great example. Um, hiring a couple kids and starting up a, a poo picking business as mm-hmm. spring is coming or in the winter hiring, you know, a, a couple kids and, and getting them out and then, you know, putting some advertising out on, on, on different platforms and, and starting a business where, you know, you know, you hire these kids at 10 bucks an hour to go in and uh, pick poo out of people's backyards. Right. There's a great, like, that's a very common one during the winter because people don't want to go out and, in their in their slippers to go pick up the dog poo, and they know in the spring it's gonna be bad. So um, seasonal seasonal demand. Think about that a lot. I I, I know there's more, but I just can't think about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, snow shoveling, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Liam Liam's done an amazing job um, saving up money aggressively mm-hmm. um, to get started in real estate. Um, Annette says side jobs, photography can be a big one and source out the editing. Yes. Yeah. Seems like kind of a job though. Can you, can you, can you start a business and get other people to do it though? Right. Can you be resourceful as opposed to being the one that's, that's literally turning the crank every day. Um, Annette says you can get a lot of stuff for free on marketplace and very cheap at yard sales. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Robin says buying businesses are good, but it's not always fast money. I agree. I agree. The difficult part of this whole thing is the one year thing. That's, that's what makes it super difficult. Um, just going through the rest of the comments here. And that says, you're right though, Wayne, it's way easier to come up with smaller stuff to get that first milestone. Yeah. Yeah. Continue to think about this guys. Um, I know we're past the uh, seven o'clock mark. Um, I'll bug you guys tomorrow about this. I think this is a, a really cool, exercise, um, not related to real estate investing, but you know, when you're getting started out and nobody trusts you and you want to do your first deal. Um, and the only way to do your first deal is to, is to buy your first property on your own, but you don't have money for the down payment. It's time to get creative. It's time to do it yourself. Roll up your sleeves. I was talking about this yesterday when I was talking about how I went and took a course on agreement for sales. No, I, I had no more joint venture prospects. Like nobody was interested until I had done more. So I rolled up my sleeves. I took a course and I learned how to buy properties on my own with zero money down and with seller financing. And that right there, I was able to leverage that, leverage it by taking pictures and showing people that we're changing filters and, and, you know, onboarding new tenants and, 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 um, tenants leaving and quarterly inspections, that kind of stuff. That was what gave people the confidence that, that we could. So um, early on, you do have to get creative. If you want to become a real estate investor and you don't have money, you're going to be a really shitty real estate investor because <laughs> you have no money to invest. You have to invest your time in the beginning. But if you do, and then you get to a point where you've got some capital, then you can start playing and pulling the big deal cards. Josh, I'll answer your question there tomorrow. Everybody else, have a great day. See you in the morning. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.